welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of the Nerd Corner. This week we'll be talking about video games. Yay. That's something that I've been very interested in recently, and I'd say probably a large portion of the people that would listen to this podcast are probably interested in video games. Um, we've got, uh, we're going to talk about some specific video games, uh, like Overwatch, uh, and, uh, we're also going to mention, um, esports. We're going to go through like the new Overwatch league that's been going on. I don't know if you've been following that. Uh, that's been going on since, uh, January. That's pretty cool. And we kind of want to go over like video games is such a broad topic that we don't really want to just like talk about video games, like that mythic ethos that you see on the news as what's causing all the violence. You know, it's, um, there's a lot of like personal impact for each and every person, whether or not you play. Um, and we want to explore that and to join us, uh, in exploring the strange, wonderful, nerdy realm of video games. We have my good friend, Zach Watson. Hello. Hello, Zach. So I think we should go ahead and jump right in and talk about the video game that's been out since 2014. It was Blizzard's first IP in more than 10 years, and it has been going strong and maybe getting stronger since its release. The game we all know as Overwatch. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those like Emily who don't know (laughs) what what Overwatch is, it is a 6v6 team uh, uh, death battle, I guess. Would you call it that? Uh, Not necessarily. It's... <clears throat> so the main main setup is 6v6 and there's four unique map types. There's escort, control point, uh unfortunately I forget the other two if I had a chart in front of me. It's a uh, control point hybrid. Hybrid which yeah and then um the other one is uh oh shoot. Okay, well, those are the main three that people are familiar with anyway. But yeah. basically, a, uh, escort is you have a payload that one team is defending and pushing to the end of the map while the other team is on offense trying to stop them. And then each of these map types has a specific timer, so you have to get the objective done in a specific amount of time. Um, lately, Overwatch specifically has been uh, doing different... Uh, team setups basically in their arcade they run they run through different modes daily they've been adding stuff like free-for-all which each part it's one player teams against uh, eight other players or I get annihilated at that every time or team deathmatch like other games like Call of Duty or Halo where for overwatch at least it's 4v4 um, basically if your team if your team wins then you win hmm that's actually I actually I never really played much with with uh, arcade, but um, Overwatch in particular has a really nice competitive circuit. If you've ever wondered why all of the Overwatch salt memes, like where that comes from, it's apparently the competitive circuit. I just did my ten placement matches uh, over uh, spring break. I did because I had a lot of time on my hands, so I pl- did my ten placement matches. I was pretty brutally annihilated and somehow mm-hmm. made it to second tier, which is silver. With like a sixteen fifty two challenge rating, and I can hear all the pro Overwatch players laughing at me now. But um, I had some really salty people in placement because they like this one guy was complaining about how he was in platinum, which is tier four, and he was being dragged down to tier three gold because of other players. 
and everyone didn't know crap. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're the diva that just goes, let's just dive without a healer to follow me. Oh, I'm dead. My, my teammates suck. Why are they like this? It's, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's totally not my fault. It's everyone but me. That's the problem, you know? And everyone goes after those healers, which everyone should be thankful for because nobody wants to be a healer. Everyone wants to be a hero and kill people. Mm-hmm. You, you, know? uh, you brought up some interesting things there. Uh, Overwatch competitive. Let's start with that. Uh, for those that don't know, where to like start me. with that? Like me, let, let's start with the, you guys have been talking for like five minutes. I've been like here, like, oh, this sounds so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, please uh, go on about uh, the competitive league for us idiots uh, out there. <laughs> Well, competitive starts, uh, at least for each player that signs on, because um, it's set up like a first-person shooter, so each uh, console or each PC uh, is their own little realm, basically. You can't multiplayer on Overwatch, unfortunately. but Well, not on the same console, but anyway. Yeah, no split screen. But um, for competitive, you start with 10 placement matches, and that determines your challenge rating, which then puts you into tiers. There's bronze, silver, gold, platinum... I believe Diamond and then Grandmaster. Uh, I think it's Master, Grandmaster, and then Top 50? Top 100. Top 100, yeah. And then uh, I think it's above Platinum or Platinum and above, one of those two. Uh, your skill rating can deteriorate if you're not consistently playing competitive matches. So people try and get gold if they can, or if they know they can do better, they keep trying to get towards the Top 100 just to keep basically popularity across the entire globe um and then you mentioned healers and uh diva specifically diving there's four different groups of heroes or characters that people can play as in these different games whether competitive or just the normal quick play for the the different map types you have offense or attack you have defense tanks and then support um, offense includes characters such as Genji, Rep- Reaper, bleh, and uh, McCree. McCree. It's high noon. <laughs> and then defense includes characters such as Junkrat, May, Widowmaker. Uh, tanks are people like Reinhardt, Diva, like you mentioned, um, Zarya. And then support is healers such as Mercy, Moira, Lucio. And then you also have uh, Symmetra in there because of she kind of supports with shields and teleportation depending on what she's using her abilities for. Each hero has unique abilities that can be countered by other heroes or they can be used to completely sweep the board depending on how the character is played. But each character is uh, basically classed depending on how their ability affects overall play yeah. yeah so each of these categories that you just uh broke down are just basically an overarching play style for 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 for, for players to kind of pick and choose what they uh prefer yes and yeah. um you you're on the track of what i was about to say next most people tend to try and get one or two play or heroes that they're good at in each four of these categories because one of the for lack of a better term, toxic or cancerous things about Overwatch is you have quite a few players who be, who have somewhat coined the term one-tricking. Uh, well, not in, at least in the gaming community. They take one particular hero and that's all they play or that's all they get good at. 
the best recommended route is finding one or two in each category that you're pretty decent at so that <clears throat> everyone can be as a cohesive team unit instead of trying to pick up the slack for that one person that picked a defensive hero when you really needed a healer or two to help bring the team to full health when everybody's lacking a little bit. So you prefer, so you think the best strategy when uh, gaming uh, competitively is to uh, be a jack of all trades and have like several characters that you can kind of go into so you can uh, be a team player rather than uh, being like, this is my game. Yeah, competitively or in quick play, that's yeah. better because then uh, it shows other people, whether you match up with them in quick play or not, that you're a team player and they'll want to play with you again, which they can they can set their system to recommend to play with you again. Or it can show um, your friends that you can group up with through party systems on the console or on the PC that you're able to pick up their slack or they can pick up yours so that you're a cohesive unit instead of just, okay, I'm going to go get kills even though we're trying to push a payload to the end of the map. Shout out to my brother who is a support main like mm -hmm. myself. He plays a mean Moira. <laughs> like... He's not the greatest aim with coalescence, like the uh, the ultimate that Moira has, but he'll heal you, and he loves to suck the life out of literally <laughs> everyone. It's great, but uh, oh, you yeah. just you just said your brother sucks the life out of people. I <laughs> I ho really hope that he hears that. Bit. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh no, I know he's listening to these podcasts. I I, I hear you out there. Call out post. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little call out to um, you know, random. Real quick, it's that. interesting you mentioned uh, ultimates. I forgot to mention this earlier. Along with each hero's abilities, they have what's called an ultimate move uh, that charges up as they get kills or as they use their other abilities to help their team. And once this ultimate move is charged, they can use it to help clear a control point or clear the opponent, the enemy team, off of their payload or whatever they're trying to capture basically to basically <clears throat> i'm sorry for that voice crack <laughs> uh, basically for the turn it to use the old phrase turning the tide of the war basically yeah and then then you get into interesting things like alt economy which if you watch overwatch league at all they'll talk about each team's alt economy or ultimate economy they actually a lot of people when they get their ultimate because it took a lot of fighting to get it they're just like oh yes i can use my ultimate and they just kind of use it right away um but if you're really smart you can learn to reserve your ultimate until the like best possible time like genji's ultimate is dragon blade where he pulls out this massive katana he does massive amounts of damage he can zip forward all over the place so he's like if you can get a bunch of enemy heroes grouped up in one place he can literally just be like zoom 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 just like slice right through them like a hot knife through butter but uh if you're in like something like competitive play somebody might get an ultimate but they might wait until like the enemy got forced into a choke point on the map or something like that where they're all bunched together and then sneak up on them and then just be like Kaioken, and then just I butcher that line every time, but it's so much fun to say. <laughs> um, keeping track of alt economy is also interesting and a good thing to start doing because you can. there are certain alts that you can chain with each other for better combos, basically. Or you can do what's called alt spamming, where if all six of your members have their alts, if you're trying to make one last push, basically, to win back your control point or win back the payload, 
pretty much everybody releases their ultimates either in quick succession of one another or just all at the same time to throw the other team into a frenzy. Um, or, like I mentioned earlier, you can do combos such as um, the one healer, Ana. Her ultimate is she will throw a nano dart at you that basically boosts your health and your damage at the same time. So if you have your ult ready and she hits you with the nano dart, which is basically what it is, you can uh, do more damage with your ultimate. Or someone like Zarya, her ultimate is a graviton bomb that just kind of sucks any nearby enemy players into it. You can then throw or aim your ult at ge that general area and get more kills than you would have just by using your ult on its own. <coughs> Hanzo. <coughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I think the only other, other thing we wanted to, to mention before we got out of here for the day um, is I kind of thought that like we can talk about all day about the international scale of video games and how we've been able to get to this point where hundreds of thousands of people will watch teams play games professionally, which is nothing new. We've been doing that to normal sports since the beginning of time. We still have places like the Roman Coliseum there were demonstrations of the fact that we love to watch other people play games. We like to watch other people get hurt or suffer or win when we don't have to actually be in the action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think video games has a unique opportunity. It, in gives, which, us, it gives us something uh, to root for when we're not actually in war. <laughs> see? See, see Zach's, Zach's I want to feel it. good, but I don't want to do anything about it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and then it, video games kind of gave you the opportunity to do stuff like that without a whole lot of effort and it's involved. It's not just the esports application of it. It's just the general application of video games. It gives you something to... Not necessarily waste time or basically, uh, yeah, basically waste time or take up part of your life. It gives you some, it gives you another way to, uh, it gives you another way to uh, release some of your creativity or re release some of your imagination. Like, oh, for games that have a single person campaign, where's this story going? I'm trying to follow along with the character. It's actually having the emotional impact. And now my dog's dead <laughs> in the game, in the, in game. the game, in the game. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that would be uh, an interesting thing that I know we can all talk about. I mean, as well, Emily's just been kind of standing here like, oh, I'm so okay. quiet. <laughs> you know? I mean, like at least with like last episode with D and D, I was able to like ask some questions, but yeah, it's I, my turn just to stand here and ask. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, but I guess we should start with you, Zach. I mean, like, what, uh, how has, like, video games kind of, like, impacted your life personally? Well, I personally got into video games somewhere around five or seven. My parents got my brother and I a GameCube for Christmas of, I believe it was, 05. Best Christmas We got ever. Mario Kart for the family. And, oh, my gosh. That was great. Double. It was uh, Double Dash. Yeah. And from then on, I was just like, you know... This takes up time, but it gives me something to do. It gives me another avenue to, like I said earlier, release some creativity or some imagination. some Another aspect to my personality, basically. Uh, not really uh, kind of a hobby, but more along the lines of it allows me to release anger or whatever I have. And as the years went on, I started finding out what kind of games I like. Do I like a fighter-type game? Do I like shooters? And then I found I got into games that are RPGs, uh, role-playing games, not necessarily tabletop, but like they follow a campaign. So basically you invest yourself in the character and you follow along the story and you're like, and if the game does its job, it has a bit of an emotional impact and leaves you sitting there as the credits roll. 
oh wow that just happened <laughs> yeah games like um uh recently the uh i think it was the modern warfare campaign a little bit gritty but it gives you an actual idea of oh my gosh this is actually war this isn't just something on a screen or something that happens on the other side of the globe or the campaign for a game like the last of us it happens in a world that you really hope doesn't happen because there's zombies or creatures everywhere but it gives you an emotional impact with the ending and you're just like now what do i do <laughs> yeah what about you emily um i got into video games uh, my my first video game con console was the nintendo 664 and it wasn't mine it was my brother's and i would go in and sit with him and play that with was him. my console for years <laughs> yeah i loved that thing so uh the games that i remember like growing up with uh, as a kid the most the one that i remember like the best it was like uh, Majora's mask from uh, zelda that was like the first game that like stuck in my memory yeah, uh, and I just have always had this passion, this love for uh, storytelling, uh, and uh, Zelda kind of was like the seed for that, of like uh, this amazing world and this amazing, uh, maybe not to today's standards, but this very graphically beautiful and um, for its time. Uh, and this amazing story that just sucked you into the world with like this beautiful music and then video games just became kind of this way to bond with my brother because I would always play with him because he was actually good at them and I wasn't <laughs> well, when people are playing games almost when people are playing games almost 20 years later you know the game did its job right whether it was music or the story itself yeah it doesn't matter the graphics it's like oh I like this story let's read it again basically and yeah. again and, and again, again. And, and again, again. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, going back to what you said, I also love video games for the emotional impact, and those are the ones that I enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I only, I mainly watch video games, but I always love watching let's plays where they're like three hours long, and they're this very uh, intense beginning to end story. Yeah, beginning to end story. Like I think the a video game, the last video game to make me cry was a uh, that Dragon Cancer. Uh, if you've seen that playthrough with Markiplier, mm -hmm. uh, that one's painful, and I was sobbing by the end. <laughs> Is that where that uh, sobbing Markiplier meme came out? Was that where he broke down? Because he broke down in one of his Let's Plays. Uh, that that definitely was. might be one of them. I don't know, because I had tears he's in my broke, eyes. He broke down a couple times, yeah. but I think the one they use is... Um, uh, I, knew, I knew this game coming in, and now I forget it. Never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Part of me almost thinks it's Undertale. But that would be him. That would make sense, right? He, he would bring up tears sarcastically, and then, oh no, this is actually sad. Oh, no, <laughs> this is actually talking in my heartstrings. Depending on which ending you're playing. I think it playing. was yeah. Undertale. I know there was a space one that I feel like was. Okay. Might have been one. I can't remember. He cries a lot, which is good. Men, yeah. Men cry more. It's he, fine. I think he actually teared up with um. No spoilers in case you haven't played or seen it, but I think he actually teared up with the one. Or one or two of the reveals in the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. I think once you get to game three, they start to reveal a bit more about the backstory. And he's just like, oh, that threw me for a loop. I need a minute. And it edits, and it's like the next day. He's like, I needed more than a minute. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a weird relationship with video games. Because when I was little, I discovered this thing called Battlefield 2. But I was also a young kid who 
didn't appreciate what high speed internet was until I lost it when we moved. <laughs> I like I had tier two DSL in the suburbs, and then we moved, and then I got into online video games oh, where fun. we had dial up. It was and this is back in the dial day, up. kids. Dial up. Back when I was, was a kid, we day. had dial up. Well, technically, this was two thousand six, so you know, like in two thousand six, we still had, had dial up. Yeah. we moved out to this place that was in the middle of freaking nowhere. And I got to personally experience the develop, development of what we now see as 3G and 4G, your cellular internet technology, because we literally bought the next new one that came out every time they were developed. So 1X, then 1X EVDO, which was basically 1G and 2G. And then they called it 3G, which was decent, but then those data limits came into play. So, you know, I had to watch that. And then 4G finally came around. And now we're getting internet that's actually decent. But that didn't happen until 2017. So you can see there was a LTE, massive difference there. But uh, so because of the fact that I basically did not have internet usable enough for online video games, I played a lot of single player games um, or games that you could um, you could kind of play with friends. Like LAN, like LAN, I do local multiplayer, so like LAN games. Custom games. Yeah, custom stuff. Um, so like I would learn how to ha set up um, multiplayer over LAN for Battlefield 2 or um, Rise Bond, of Nations. James Bond Goldeneye. Uh, see, I never did that game. one, but yeah. That was the game. <laughs> I almost got like 007. That was for the Nintendo 64. I think that's what I was talking about. 007 Goldeneye. Goldeneye came in the golden cartridge. Yeah. 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 James Bond 007. I remember that one. Yeah. I don't know why I, I never got it. Like, that was, I had Nintendo 64. That was the multiplayer game when they were starting to actually be a thing. Yeah. But what's interesting is, like, I was into video games enough that I could get in trouble for playing too many video games. Like, for too much, for too long. Every but, kid in America. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then I discovered this thing called filmmaking. Like oh. playing with cameras and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, that's all I wanted to do. And I'm like, video games, meh. And then I got into doing audio, which is what I'm actually in school to do now. Guess who's producing all the audio for this podcast? But uh, we love and appreciate you. <laughs> not to toot my own horn or anything. This is like what I love to do. When and we so, get out of here, you're going back in your corner. You're like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I love, I want to make music and make podcasts and audio and stuff like that. And I didn't really have time for video games. And then in the past two years, having been exposed to college students who play video games, I'm like, oh, PUBG Hello. and Overwatch. <laughs> this is pretty cool. And then the Fortnite. league started happening. Eh, I should play Fortnite before I judge it, but I'm kind of judging it because it feels like a cartoon ripoff of PUBG. But maybe we'll get into those in another podcast because that'll start a whole new discussion altogether. Video game part two. <laughs> you know, we might do that later down the road. We have four more episodes we're going to do at least. So, um, but anyway, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. Gee, that does. But that is all our time for today. Thank you, Zach, for being our special guest with us today. Yeah, welcome, sir. It was it was a pleasure. Subscribe to Zwatts Gaming on YouTube. <laughs> yes, actually do that. He makes some pretty decent videos, and his his he's learning editing as he goes. And he just showed us an intro that he put together this morning, and it was awesome. It was for a Fortnite Let's Play, and I thought it was good. That's how good it is. So you can go check him out, Zwatts Gaming on YouTube. And then it goes into um, a clip of my friend lagging out. It's great. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So anyway, go check him out. We'll put his link in the description of the of the of the track as well. And thank you, everyone, once again for tuning in to our podcast. And we'll see you next week when we talk about 
another topic that we haven't figured out yet. So you're just going to have to find out. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.